Greetings, travelers, and welcome to the Geronimo Draws podcast. This is Rob. I'm Mike. That's right. Mike's back. <laughs> podcast style. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about a little movie called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is that, is that your deer noise? <laughs> that was my best deer noise. <laughs> well, first it was off. More lambish. But <laughs> that was a little lambish, yeah. Maybe a little camel. <laughs> Yeah. But killing of a sacred camel. I enjoyed this yeah. movie oh, yeah. immensely. It was unbelievable. But not in the way where you <laughs> would enjoy a similar happy film like Up right. <laughs> or, you know, Star Wars. Yeah. This movie has definitely plays into the darkness. Oh yeah. It's it's probably one of the most unique films I've seen in a long time. And it came out in 2017. It's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, which starring is, Colin Farrell. Oh, right, Nicole Colin Farrell, Kidman, Nicole Kidman, and, and a few others. I'm not sure of the names, but yeah, those are probably the most up. recognizable actors in the movie. Barry Keoghan, Keoghan, I guess. Something is like the that. child is the not the, the kid, Martin. right? He's Martin. Okay, yeah, yeah. Some three main characters, I'd say. Uh, so first off, let's just give a little synopsis. It basically follows Colin Farrell, who is this um, renowned cardiovascular surgeon. And he has literally the the American dream. He's got the wife. He's got the two kids. He's got a beautiful house. And he has an interesting relationship with this boy named Martin, who you don't know what the deal is. You no, think, you think at all. At all. And that's sort of the nature of the whole film. Right. You don't really get told much detail. You're definitely doing a lot of detective work throughout oh, yeah. the entire film, mm-hmm. guessing... It's, and all of it seems purposeful. Right. They don't want you to really know all the details. Right. And the boy gradually starts to, I guess... Get put, attached to him. Get attached to him. As and, a father figure. Right. Or, puts him into his life. And then as that happens, things gradually get vet- very unsettling. Totally spiraling. Yeah, out so, of the Colin Farrell's control. Yes. And it just becomes something because... We find out later that his family doesn't know anything about the kid. No. And then progressively he does introduce them to him. Yeah, right. In a normal sense, thinking mm-hmm. this is good for maybe his son to get to know, have a friend. But you don't know why, which is fascinating. No, you don't know why. Right. You don't know why. And uh, we're not going into spoilers yet. So I'll just talk about real quick how much I thought this film was so powerful, mainly because this director has, he had a vision and it's, if. It's so present throughout the entire film. Yeah. And I love films like this where these directors, they have some kind of vision and some kind of story and they tell the story they want to tell. And it makes it it makes me excited about film when I see stuff like this. Same. You know what I mean? Same. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's, yeah. It's the objective in this movie for me when I watched it was to just make me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. You sit there and- the tone, even from the start, there's a lot of overexposed shots, yeah. a lot of extremely bright white. Especially in the hospital. Yeah, it's it's just meant to kind of put you, some of the shots are very <laughs> unsettling. Open, yeah. The opening shot. The is... opening starts with, you know, uh, a surgery. Yes. And you're just watching a close-up of, I think, a heart beating <laughs> while the, somebody's chest is open. Yeah. And it just, it stays on that for an uncomfortably long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's great. And like Mike was saying, every shot, every angle is 
purposeful. Yes. And it it carries the film. Every ounce of the film is done with purpose. And that's I think that's why I really enjoyed this film. Even the way the it. actors speak, their yes. dialogue has the delivery. Yes, it has a very purposeful like you can guarantee that there was direction there yes how i want these lines said yeah and it seems unnatural Mm -hmm. but the whole atmosphere kind of seems unnatural it is unnatural like you there's moments when you kind of at least for me when i i I kept thinking is this even real right is this is this a fantasy are we in like a limbo thing is this hell yeah you you did say that just totally dumbfounded on like why are they talking like this why does everybody have this lack of emotion is this Mm -hmm. just the family and to this to this day the end of that movie i'm still unsure about it really they don't they don't establish if it is real if it's not real and like rob said i don't want to spoil why i believe that i suggest that you should see the movie yes before we get into spoilers i will say you should definitely go see this movie because we're going to spoil the heck out of this right so if you if you're listening to this point you haven't seen it you want to see it Go watch Stop, it. watch the movie, and, and, come, and back. come back to us. And, yeah. Because it's impossible to not get into the reasons why yeah. we're going into right. this. Beyond this point, yeah, it's, it's yeah. literally impossible. So Spoilers begin. So spoilers commence. Yes. First, I thought that Martin, who is befriending, well, we thought, but well, he's already a friend of the Doctor. I thought he was his son. And this was for maybe from... Uh, Maybe cheating. Uh, it's an affair, you know, yeah. Or an affair, totally right. something he kept secret. Right. And the boy Martin, he's very and he's very uh, attentive to Martin, like overly attentive. Right. He buys him a present. Right. He buys him a watch, a very expensive watch. Definitely guiding him. He wants the kid says he wants to be a cardiovascular surgeon as like well. Him. Or a cardiologist, of, I believe he said. Uh, a, a cardiovascular surgeon. Yeah. And yeah, and it it there's this father figure, you know, this this son father relationship that's going on it even looks like him too you know i even said they have the same dark hair you know i'm really like nitpicking but but the evidence is there to think that and then you find out that there was an incident during a surgery that colin farrell he was the surgeon the surgeon during this procedure and it was Martin's martin's father but, yeah, go ahead. And and this is why it was so important to kind of get that established that spoilers are coming because you get it in chunks of, yeah. okay, he was the one who operated on his father when mm-hmm. he obviously tells his wife a different story. Yes. That the father died in a car accident immediately. And that's what you get first. So you're confused why the kid's so obsessed with him. Right. Then it becomes, no, he was the surgeon. He was tried to surgeon. save his father. He doesn't. The he doesn't father dies him. unexpectedly. Then you get another piece of information that we get. He was a drinker. He was an alcoholic, Colin Farrell, at and one point. And drinking before the surgery. He literally drank quite a bit before the surgery. And because he was drinking, Martin's father died. We, we believe, right? right? You don't see the surgery. No, you don't. You don't see... The father at all. Mm-mm. You don't get any of that. No. No, you don't see it at all. You only get the aftermath. Of right. His guilt and his responsibility he feels towards Martin and guiding him. Right. They have this very interesting moment where, <laughs> with Alicia Silverstone, when Martin says- I want Martin's mother. Right. Because he, he, 
he goes him to dinner. Right, because first yeah. he goes to Colin Farrell's family, and he they have him for dinner, and we meet Colin Farrell's daughter, and we meet the son, and they take a liking to Martin, and they spend some time together. Almost an extreme liking. The son, the, not so the, much, but the, the girl daughter, likes him. Almost this insane it's infatuation. Fascinate. Yeah, like yeah, an obsession. Very He's quickly. sixteen. And I, we assume she she's like 13. 13. She had yeah. a first period. Certainly could, younger. Yeah. So she's like infatuated with him a, a little bit. And then after that, Martin says, well, now you came to my house. You came, I came to your house. Come to my house to see my mom. And wow, talk about awkward, man. It is such an awkward moment. He, he's, we're at Martin's house. We see his mother, who is Alicia Silverstone. And oh my God, just thinking about it. It's so cringeworthy the way like... Martin leaves him to watch TV, but you, but Martin knows that that's the objective. Yeah, that she's going to try and make a move on him, and he is married, and they know he's married, and like she's like, you have such nice hands, and he's just sitting there so uncomfortable. And I kept thinking, why is he doing this? Why? Right, is, why isn't he getting up and leaving? Right, and then she like grabs his fingers and starts like trying to kiss, kiss him, him and, and suck, suck on him. him. Yeah, it was weird. And then he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And she's like, oh, this is what Martin wanted, you know? Yeah, he wants this and I definitely want this. And that's pretty Ooh. much the tone of the entire film. <laughs> we get another tidbit about uh, Colin Farrell's character that uh, we don't want to skip because oh, it I sort forgot. of sets the tone of who he is as a person. Right when him and Nicole Kidman, who is his wife, yeah. are ha- getting intimate, He's sitting on the bed just reading, and she references almost a type of... Uh, she was like a antiseptic, or she said like that, or anesthesia, something, where you're out cold by anesthesia. Yeah, uh, uh, catatonic, or like right. frozen in place. And it didn't make sense to me until she takes her clothes off and lays on this bed completely frozen in a position. Like, like, like she's a patient that's under. Yes, and then that's what gets him off. And it's so... She doesn't move. No. She doesn't react. It's so disturbing. And we get a little insight into his dark what character. What he likes. Yes, exactly. So he's not exactly... Uh, <laughs> Almost normal. <laughs> right? And nothing seems normal. No, nothing seems normal. And that's, again, normal. the tone of this film. Nothing seems quite right. There's a, just yeah. so much going on that's... You're confused, and is right. this really happening? Is it not really happening? Why are they acting like this? And but then now we have all this normal drama stuff that's going on, right? Because we didn't give anything supernatural yet. We didn't get up to anything like no. that yet. So we have all You're this thinking it's just some sort of right un- unusually obsessed kid right. following a guy who has his own yep weird you know obsessions uh-huh. or you know I don't know what the word would be for him for the Colin Farrell's character. Well, he's he's just sort of an awkward kind of quiet. Well, he he's it's definitely, hard to describe what he is in a character sense. Well, he he likes to keep to himself. First off, they have a horrible marriage. That they're, they're definitely not happy with each other. He's not really happy with his family. It's almost like he's taking everything that he has for granted, which is fascinating because what happens is suddenly his son Bob can't walk anymore. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. The kid wakes up and feels like his legs are paralyzed. Yeah, he, he can't move. And he can't get up out of bed. They they think that he's faking this. And they're, you know, it's, come on, Bob, you're fine, you're fine. And they do tests. They do emergency tests. They bring him to the hospital in the morning. And they say he's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with him. Yep. 
Maybe he's doing this for attention. And then as he leaves, you know, he's walking. He's going down that ex- uh, escalator. And that great shot, it's a giant bird's eye view. Right above them. Right. And he's going down the escalator. And all of a sudden, boom. Sun collapses right to the ground. Drops. His legs One of my out. favorite shots in the Ooh, whole film. Oh, my God. Because you almost don't know what just happened because you're so far away. Yeah. But then you recognize that he fell to the ground. And then we don't hear basically any of the audio. We just see her reacting to it, yeah. trying to get someone. And he's right back into the and hospital he's right back bed. In there. And they're saying there's nothing wrong with him. They're giving him spine shots or whatever. They're they're doing cat scans and Colin Farrell's getting very frustrated. He doesn't understand this. It's driving him crazy. Yeah. And then Martin comes to meet him. And he's kind of avoiding Martin at this point. You know? Right, because it's gotten to a level where now it's uncomfortable. The kid's right. sort of forcing him into his meetings. Life. He's yeah. forcing him into like I was at dinner. You weren't there. Seeing him at the it's hospital like, and all yeah, that. Yeah, he's showing up to his job on, you know, uncalled. Yeah, he's just spontaneously kind of appearing constantly. Yeah, and he tells him. He goes. He goes. You have to come meet me at at uh in the cafeteria at the hospital. Yeah. And Colin Farrell's like, I don't have time for this. You know, I'm here with Bob, and oh, no, you have to meet me. It's only right take away. a minute. It only take a minute. Come on. And then he goes upstairs. <laughs> And then he's like having a, a shake or whatever. And he's sitting there by the window. He goes, he basically tells him the way he delivers this line is really uncomfortable because it's like he just needs to get it off his chest. But everything let's just establish that I found great about his character was everything's very monotone. Yeah. There's almost no change, no matter what the situation is throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie, even to the level where like something traumatic, anybody else would be screaming. Oh, yeah. He still stays level yeah. and quiet. Never panics. No. Zero panicking. But the moment that Rob's referring to is... Yeah. He explains to Colin Farrell's character that essentially he's the one that's doing this to yeah. his son. Right. And that it's not going to stop. And it'll happen to his other family members yeah. until he decides to essentially kill or sacrifice one, one of, of them, them as stop. a trade off for the sacrifice of Martin's father dying. Right. So. It's basically like it's life for life. Yes, eye for an eye. I was just gonna say, and so slowly he goes. Stage one is you can't walk, no movement in your legs. Stage two is no eating, you don't get hungry. Then stage three is bleeding from your eyes, and a few <laughs> and hours after that, after that you're gone. It's only a couple hours after that you're dead. So Colin Farrell literally has. <laughs> Pretty much frozen. You don't get yeah. any reaction out of him other than what looks to be shock and awe. Yeah. And then he has security throw Martin out. Yep. And he's avoiding Martin completely for the next several scenes. And now we just see how everything is just dismantling around him, especially when now he goes up there and Bob's not eating. And he's like, eat. And he even takes all the donuts and he's like shoving them in his mouth. Oh, like brutally. Like, oh, you were feeding him. Yeah. Like he is. Yeah. Like, it's, he it's is. a hard scene to watch too. And again, that tone <sighs> he, of. Just uncomfortable. Right. He's not monotone. a good father either. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, it's very intense. So now she's making him eat, and he won't eat. He keeps spitting up the food, and he's, it's driving him crazy. Martin's trying to contact him and letting him know you have to pick one, otherwise they're all going to die. Right, it's not going to help. Yeah. Like, oh, and again, monotone at a level of just calm. Yeah. And listen, That's just accept it. This is what's happening. Right. I told you. Just deal with it. Right. It's very Twilight Zone. It is. It is. Because it, yeah. you're just supposed to accept that somehow this kid has this ability. And when I say 
has this ability. The next chapter of this, his daughter loses her ability. Which is a great scene because we know that she's a singer and she loves to sing. And you called it too. She was in the choir and she's singing with everybody in the chorus at school. Mm. And then right in the middle of the song, she drops. She loses the feeling in her legs. And now both of them are sitting in a hospital bed. Yeah. But it gets crazier because at the same time, nothing like this has established has been established in the movie. Like yeah. we don't see any sort of fantasy or magic, you could almost no, make the no. point, that makes this seem real. But there's a moment when she's talking to him on, on the, the phone, phone. Martin. She's talking while to Martin. The mother and the son are also in the hospital room. Yeah. And he wants her to get up and come to the window to see him. Because he's outside in the parking lot. He flicks the light switch, essentially, on her legs. Oh, yeah. And she's able to get up. Yeah, so by his command, he has the ability to take take the take it away. Curse, yeah, not, whatever yeah, it is. Away. And then I'll put it and put it back on. So she's able to suddenly get up. She goes, But I can't, I can't get up. And he, and you hear him he goes, just get up, come to the window. And she gets up, and sure enough, she can walk. And then suddenly the second that conversation is done, she can't walk anymore. Yep. And they drop back down. And it's, the son's trying to get up because he's confused yeah. why she could do it and I can't. He was doing oh, that. To, brutal. He was doing that to prove to the Nicole Kidman character that I am controlling this. Right. And at this point, Nicole Kidman knows nothing no. about it. Colin Farrell's kept this a secret. He even goes to an extent of going to the house and berating them oh my god outside their door and you know i don't want to give too much away but it's probably the only time in the entire film until he's snapped yeah that we see him react this is the descent of his again with the monotones the finally only time it changes really yeah no he really like descends into madness at this point because now he's 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 trying to grasp with the fact that he has no control of the situation this is out of his hands he has to kill one of his family members Otherwise, they're all going to die because now his daughter is not eating at this point. Right. So what they do, they realize that there's nothing they could do for these kids and they they discharge them or something like that. Well, right? essentially, let the care continue at home. Yeah, let the yeah, care yeah. continue at home. So Nicole Kidman, there was that crazy scene where she goes to his house, Martin. She goes to Martin's house and he's eating the spaghetti. And that this he scene- He explains it to her yeah, as well. He explains- not only what's going to happen, you know, with you know how your husband has to make a choice, but he talks about how, you know, everyone used to tell me that, you know, my father and I would eat spaghetti the same way. And he goes, we would twirl it and we'd eat it. And I would always make me happy. And then I grew up and I realized that everyone eats spaghetti this way. And it wasn't special. And that hurt more than hearing that he didn't, you know, it was like reliving that when he died. And I was like, my God. But what makes that scene so powerful, and I don't know if you noticed this, and I did later on, he's referring to the fact that he's not special or it's right. not unique. No. But at the same time, he's got a power yeah. that is extremely unique, yeah. almost you know, godlike yeah. in its ability. Yet he's referring to the fact that he's upset that his father was supposed to be the one who ate spaghetti unique. And so did he, yeah. only to find out that, like, I'm not special. There's nothing special about the way yeah. it's made. It's like, dude, you can tell people <laughs> to stop walking and stop eating yeah. and then bleed from their eyes and die. That's pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, right. Was that inherited? A chupacabra. <laughs> El diablo. <laughs> it's true. It's brutal. It's unbelievable. And then 
Nicole Kidman realizes, like, wait a minute. She digs deeper, and she realizes that her husband was responsible for his death. And she gets that information out of his, quote, friend. Goes to show you this. Who's the anesthesiologist. Yeah, during that surgery. And, like, she gives him a sexual favor to (laughs) To get the information, which is another weird scene. Goes to show you, no one's really, like, good. Everyone's kind of a jerk and has some seedy back, you know, backstory. Yeah. So it all culminates when uh, Colin Farrell's character wakes up Nicole Kidman and says, come downstairs with me. And you see his hands are bruised red, his knuckles. And I went, oh, God. And then we go down to the basement and we see Martin all tied up with duct tape. His face has been beaten in. Oh, it's really brutal. It's hard to watch because obviously this is a kid who's being like 16 years tortured old. by a guy yeah. who is clearly responsible for his father's death, right. which is why this is happening. But he's, he's sort of, yeah, like his kids. Yeah. So, and, oh, my God. I can't, well, we had this conversation and, and I'd love to kind of pitch this to anybody out there who did watch it and is interested. Who would you say is the protagonist in this movie? Is there a hero at all? Is there somebody, does it switch, right? Well, does the protagonist have to be a hero? Or is it just the main well, character? It, gener- as generic as hero can be defined, right? There's always the antagonist and the protagonist of a film, right? So who would you say is the pro? Who's the guy who you're rooting for or the character that you're kind of on the side of that you can relate to? It's hard to say well, that there exists one at all. I think what's really cool is that in the beginning, I think it switches. There's moments where it's, Colin Farrell's character, and it switches to the Martin character. And I think that's what's so remarkable about the film is that suddenly you're like, wait a minute, I I get both their perspectives. See, and for me, I think it stays Martin the entire time. I think from the beginning, uh, you just don't want to relate to Martin. Because in the way, Martin's not really a relatable character, but at the same time, he's the only one that's truthful in every sense of the word. He tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. He's basically only doing this for justice, right? He's not taking revenge, or is it right. revenge? It's so it's such a hard thing to kind of define. Well, a there. protagonist is the main character of a story, so it's not necessarily a good character. So, I would say that I would say the main character is Colin Farrell, but in certainly of, the primary. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely the lead. Yeah, uh, but wow! It's, it's, so <laughs> things escalate to such a level now because. There is this there is this demonstration that Martin makes to explain why I'm doing this to you. So Martin literally bites his his arm when as Colin Colin Farrell's character punches him and he manages to bite deeply hard. Yeah, nice chunk out of his arm there. Right. He bites right into Colin Farrell. And then all of a sudden he goes, You see? Now, allow me to demonstrate. And now Martin bites into his own arm and rips a a piece out of his arm. And he goes, you see, this is the balance. This is what needs to happen. Meaning like, you did to me, you took my father's life. Now, I have to take one of your lives, you know, one of your family's lives. Right, and the whole time we're watching this, we're on basically like a time limit here. Yes. Because his kids are progressively getting worse. The one thing that doesn't happen, which I found an interesting choice was Nicole Kidman's character never loses her legs at all. She didn't end up losing her legs. No, she never has anything happen. They kept telling her soon it's going to happen. Right. But don't forget, the boy had it first, and then later the girl did. So maybe. Oh, sure. But I like that that was a choice. Yes. Where it's almost like part of you has 
that moment of like, mother hasn't gotten it yet. Right. Is he telling the truth? Like, is this some sort of twisted situation? Because uh-huh. I kept trying to figure it out. That's the point of this movie. You you play this detective of like, what is going on oh here? Oh, my God. Is, is this a curse? Is he some sort of demon thing? Yeah. You know, like, what is going on? It doesn't make sense. I know. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. By not explaining right. it, it makes it even better. Because you you're know? fascinated. You're so immersed in it. Yeah. You want to know. You you have to see to the end. The sad part is you you don't get oh. any satisfaction. This is not a happy ending, no. okay, folks. No, definitely not. So the darkest thing, I think, is that each kid is trying to like, I don't want to say, uh, they're trying to plead a case essentially to why they shouldn't be killed. and To the father. To the father, but especially uh, the boy. He even cuts his hair because one thing, Connor Farrell's character couldn't, can't stand how his son's hair is long. He had like long hair, like yeah. hippie-ish, you know, down to his neck. Right. So he actually, he, he crawls. Remember, they can't walk. So he crawls down the steps, gets scissors, cuts his hair. He goes, look, dad, I cut my hair. And it's just like, oh God. It looks good. Because the kid's like, yeah, it looks good. He goes, I decided I want to be a cardio surgeon, <laughs> cardiovascular surgeon yeah. too now, dad. And I was like, oh my God, they're not making this easy for him. So eventually he can't take it anymore. And Nicole Kidman, uh, oh my God, that scene when she goes and kisses his feet. Remember that? Right. So while maybe that's Colin why she, Farrell's gone. Maybe that's why her legs stopped, didn't stop working. Interesting. That's a good point. Like didn't acknowledging what he is, that he is beyond. This situation is beyond. And she gives into it and just kisses his feet. So there's this scene where all the kids come downstairs for some reason to go talk to Martin. And she goes and she talks to him and she realizes like, this is... You can't reason with no, this. This is otherworldly. What's happening here is is almost some kind of divine power. Yeah, and this is we're being punished here. Yeah. So she just goes, she bends down and she just kisses his feet. And, and then they're bloody and yeah, dirty and it's powerful. Yeah. And then then what happens is she sets him free. She lets him go. She does. And Colin Farrell is freaking out. I think that's why. That explains why maybe her legs didn't go. Maybe. So yeah. So Colin Farrell decides that he's going to do this. He's going to kill one of them because the now option. Bob's eyes are starting to bleed. And that is a freaky scene where they're trying to like oh, control it to with rags. It. Oh. Yeah, it's been, you know, that the character that Colin Farrell plays, which we mentioned several times, is that level-headed. So he's trying to keep like the controlled face. And you see him constantly lose it or, you know, break down. But this moment when he's wiping the blood away from his son's oh, eyes and it's man. just constantly coming down. Oh, like that's pointless. so brutal. It is hard to watch because he's such a small child. Yeah. And, you know, the kid has no idea what's going on and, and why it's happening. And eventually he's, he knows he's got to do this. So he tells all the kids to come downstairs. He takes them all downstairs. He wakes his wife. She even says, I'll wear that pretty black dress you like so much. It's like so creepy. Basically all still pleading the case. Yeah. So- they all go downstairs, except what he does is he ducks, he duct tapes them, and he puts a bag over their faces. So he, a he doesn't hear them their sounds, and he doesn't he doesn't hear he doesn't see their faces. But not just duct tape. He duct tapes their bodies, their hands, yeah, everything, their feet, so they can't their move. mouths, and separates all three of them to different corners of the room. Yeah, puts a bag on top of their heads. Uh-huh. And we essentially play a carnival game. He could be blindfolds himself. That's true. Yeah. He does blindfold himself <sighs> to play the ultimate carnival Russian roulette, which he, is he goes in a circle with his rifle, yeah. and just spins until he finally hits someone. 
Yeah, and it's so messed up because he misses like three times. Oh, the tension. And they do feel the bullets and like you're hurting for all these people and what they're going through. But at the same time, in the back of your head, you're like, this is all the father's fault. Why isn't he like, why are they paying for this? At least that's my view. That's what I get. I'm like, why is everybody paying for this? Nicole Kidman even says that to him. And when she goes to his house and he says, because I lost a father, I lost a family member. You know, that's how it works. Right, life for life. Right. And justice. And eventually, after three shots of missing or two shots, he hits the sun. Damn. Yeah. Dead eye. She kills him. Certainly got the teddy bear for that. <laughs> <laughs> Direct hit. Pulls off the blindfold Ooh. and just watches that kid die. And it is hard to watch <laughs> because you know. What was that like when you pull the bag off your wife and your daughter? And listen. <laughs> Winner! <laughs> At least we all can walk. And then yeah, they right. can walk. The daughter can walk. And it all goes back to normal. Yeah. Well, as normal as it could be. Right. And we meet them all back. In the same at the diner. restaurant right, that he was meeting Martin, Martin every week. Yeah. Only it's the three of them eating. And Martin strolls on in. Right. And sits at the bar. Just stares them down, and then they walk away. It's almost to, sh- but I think it was to. I think they went there to show him that we did it. Oh yeah, and then because once they meet, once he walks in and they see him, they get up and leave. But then the girl turns around and looks at him, and she smiles at him, and then he just he just stands there and watches, and the film ends. Wow! <laughs> now it is an incredible ride, and. I've been on a binge, obviously, of these slow-building uh, horror films, but this is like a thriller horror, you know? It's hard to describe what category. Supernatural? I mean, it's definitely a mind bleep. <laughs> it's a, you know, a yeah. blender of just it is. darkness and tension. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's you, you can't help but be immersed in what's going on because I've never seen something. No, I've never seen anything like it. And that's why I say I I applaud the director's vision and him telling the story he wanted to tell because he did it. In a way that he wanted to tell it. Yeah, in a way he wanted to tell it. Absolutely. And first off, the reason you probably think, why is it called Killing of a Sacred Deer? I found out that this particular director is is from Greece. And he loves to play with, you know... Greek Greek, mythology. Right, and all the tales that are are in his, uh, his culture. So... There is a play on this from Greek mythology where Agamemnon, who is the, this Greek general from the Trojan War, he said that he would give an offering to Artemis, I believe, and he kills accidentally. Instead, he kills Artemis's sacred deer. And in doing so, Artemis, the god, says, well, now I have to kill one of your family because you killed my sacred deer. Now I need to take from you. And that's a pretty awesome uh, tie right there. Not to mention one thing. We watched this with a friend of ours, Greg, and Greg pointed out something that neither of us had noticed, which was the boys over bedroom. the son's bed was a deer, a deer, a deer. Painting. So, a painting of a deer. So he was going to be subtle. Yeah, he was going to be the sacred deer that needed to be killed. But like us oh, as so an cool. audience have no idea what that even means up until the last moment. Right. So like you're not connecting that, but... To those who noticed that, props to you because yeah. I pride myself on kind of paying attention to those subtle details and it skipped past me. Yeah. I highly, highly 
recommend this film to especially f- people who love uh, film. Yeah. You but know? expect you're not going to walk away with a smile. This is more like a roller coaster. Ride. Yeah, it really is. It's, right? it's a You're wild afraid ride. and <laughs> you, you're nervous <laughs> and it's tense. But you get through it and you're like, wow. Yeah. What a rush. Yeah. And, you know, this again, this is what gets me excited about film because, you know, it's it is a real rush. It, it's it feels like right, art. And this was you said 2017. Right? Yeah. 2017. So it is the same exact way that I would feel is I appreciate the fact that movies like this still can get made. Yeah. And that stuff that we've never seen has potential to still come out, even yeah. continue. And we're going to continue to talk more about films like this. Oh, yeah, because for sure. Because like Rob said, we're on a binge. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so I hope you're enjoying this in the comment section. Definitely yes. leave a like. Show us that you're enjoying this. Maybe give us some recommendations for movies because Killing of a Secret Deer was something I had never heard of. Yeah. Yet, I mean, you've got mainstream actors like Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. I know. So there might be plenty more out there they that probably we've never are. touched. Definitely, if you see the film, I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So same. please let us know what you guys think of Killing of a Sacred Deer. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> we love talking about movies like yeah. this, and this one especially yeah. hit really well for me. Uh, next up is Ari Aster's Midsommar. We'll be talking about that next. And we'll catch you guys next time. I'm Rob. I'm Mike. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy, guys.